Guru Nation, welcome to episode 490 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trails Guru. In this episode, I interview research nurse Michelle Blue. She's a research nurse uh, from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. She's actually uh, a coordinator as well as a nurse. And uh, she's been using LinkedIn, not necessarily to find opportunities, but she's been using LinkedIn as it's intended to comment, share things of value things that interest her and she's been starting to get noticed by headhunters and she's gotten a side gig out of it and I thought it would be good to share her story not just for, not only for that reason but her story is actually really interesting and uh, it's, it's uh, illustrative of nursing in clinical research and why we need more and why there's a shortage and why there's an awareness problem we also talk about gene therapy because she's involved in that kind of uh, stuff which I'm very interested in with CRISPR and things like that. So I think there's a lot here for everybody. I think this is a wide variety of topics that should interest a lot of you guys. I Hopefully that's the case and Michelle's LinkedIn info is in the show notes. Also in the show notes, my Patreon channel, five bucks a month, monthly mastermind. As soon as we hit 50 people, we're gonna do two masterminds a month. Um, check it out, patreon.com slash dancefera. Also, the CRA and CRC Academy. Links in the show notes. And we also help sites get studies. So text me if you're interested, 949-415-6256. And with that being said, thank you very much for listening. It means a lot to me, and I hope you enjoy this show. Hello, Guru Nation. Welcome to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru Welcome if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, welcome everywhere else as well. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Only one out of four viewers are subscribed, which is uh, not a good thing. Okay, Only two out of eight eyeballs are subscribed. So we need the other ones to be subscribed because we need to spread awareness about clinical research. We need to all connect with one another. One of the things I really liked about doing the live streams uh, and... I'm going to introduce Michelle because she introduced me to Clubhouse, but the live streams have helped people who watch. So obviously, you know, there's similar interest connect with one another. And I think Clubhouse does this on an even higher level. And Michelle Blue, research nurse coordinator, RN, BSN, the ideal, let me tell you, the ideal CRA, they RNBSN, automatic, okay, UAB. Um, University of Alabama, Birmingham, right? Yes. And my clubhouse originator, the one who <laughs> put me on to clubhouse. Thank you very much, Michelle. How's everything? Everything's good, Dan. Everything's good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. You know, I'm enjoying the networking. I know. Well, I guess before we get into your career, let's talk about current events. So you saw a post I put on LinkedIn about networking, the importance of networking. Yes. And you're saying you're already getting hit up and getting like tons of opportunities because just because of LinkedIn. Right, right. I I I want to stay at my current job right now. I mean, full time, but I was kind of looking for a part-time um opportunity. And so um recruiter reached out to me and uh was looking for a research nurse coordinator to help with data entry. And um, it worked out, I got it. And uh, we interviewed, um, did well. 
I was a little nervous, but she said, you know, they want to keep me on till next year, part-time. Wow. Perfect side gig. Perfect side gig. And does this, is this the first time you had like a side gig? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I was at the bedside, you know, Dan, us nurses, we work three twelves and you can get overtime, you know, you could pick up extra shifts, but yeah. when I transitioned to research is salary. So, you know, <laughs> can't really do a whole lot of, you know, uh, extra, <laughs> extra streams of revenue. I think it's so important. I think this topic alone is so important. I need to do like a separate podcast just on this because I really believe we're on the brink of a very lucrative decade in our industry. A lot of it is due to coronavirus. I mean, I think COVID exposed a lot of weakness and I think the industry is adapting. I think the industry, you know, first of all, nobody's talking, everyone's talking about this vaccine, but nobody's talking about the fact that it's a paradigm shift. This is the first time, and you know better as a nurse than me, I'm just a talking head. This is the first time a synthetic mRNA is being used to make yeah. the vaccine, right? This is like a paradigm shift, right? Am I right? No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. So I, I think vaccines are changed forever because of COVID, right? Yes. Not yes. to mention everything else that's changed, you know, hybrid trials and making patient centricity. And then a whole other thing happened during the uh, 2020, which a movie has to be made about 2020 at some point, maybe in 2040, they'll make a movie about 2020 uh, for everyone that wasn't around, but social justice, right? All the um, uh, march, you know, for equality. So that's trickled down into research now. Now, what is yeah. the industry pushing, right? It's DEI. So diversity equality and inclusion i'm seeing every single cro talk about this every cro that wants to be relevant talking about this and and hopefully more than talking i see some putting things to action um i can attest with latinos in clinical research i know with danielle with black women in clinical research that's right that's right shout out to danielle co (laughs) big shout out to danielle co she inspired us to do latinos in clinical research i actually asked her for permission when i interviewed her i said would you mind if we did that she said all the more the better yeah yeah shout out to her she's 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 sharp she's pretty sharp oh yeah 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 Yeah. she's somebody to get to know so so are you michelle so we gotta you know linkedin as you can tell okay michelle RNBSN is getting side gigs now because of LinkedIn. You're not doing anything really special on LinkedIn, are you? Like, are you commenting on people's stuff or like, what? Are, what is your strategy for that? I, you know, what I do is I'll I may like some uh, posts. I may share some posts. Okay. I like a lot of your posts, Danielle's. But if something is is catches my eye, I'll just share it. You know, I've been sharing a lot of leadership posts. Um. But yeah, I'll just, I don't know, it's just been, I've just been taking off. I just, Do you think that's what attracted them to you, like the recruiters? Maybe, because I think on LinkedIn, um, people can see what you like or you mm-hmm. share. So mm-hmm. that kind of strikes a curiosity. Oh, let's see what this person is. And that's right. Um, they're checking out your profile. So yeah, I'm checking it out now. And I see you sharing, commenting sharing sharing so yeah see guys you don't even need to create 
the content. You just share, <laughs> you like. I mean, it's very practical. You know, when I make these videos, people say, well, I don't want to do a video. And you don't have to. You don't have to go as far as like me and other people like Danielle. You know, Michelle sharing, and it's all genuine too. She's not doing it to game the system. Yeah. Right. It's just a side of a pleasant side effect that you've experienced <laughs> from doing that. Right, right. And the thing is, I think um you know, you often say how we have to invest in our career. Danielle talks about that too. And, you know, just connecting with other people and doing little things to make yourself more knowledgeable in your, your career. It, it just goes a long way. You know what I mean? Like looking at the pot, listening to podcasts, looking at posts, reading, you know, you guys are so approachable. I mean, I think, us in clinical research, we have an advantage. Everybody in clinical research is so approachable. From my experience, you know, you reach out to people, they want to help you. Um, just we're very people oriented, you know, because we have to work together because we're trying to accomplish, you know, uh, for the greater good. So um, our industry is awesome. I mean, <laughs> It really is. It really is. And I mean, I think for those who want to get in the industry, you know, just reach out to Dan, reach out to Danielle, just network. Because I, I think, you know, you ha- you can reach out to me. I'll help. Link um, underneath the show notes, by the way. I mean, I'm, Michelle's I'm very LinkedIn. approachable. You know, you have any questions, especially nurses that are trying to get into clinical research. That's a big market in and of itself. I, I remember during the pandemic, we had like daily meetings and you would join some of them. And I remember you brought this topic up. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but I remember, Michelle. I remember <laughs> the day you came on and you talked about it. Um, how do we get more nurses interested? Because you're an RNBSN. What, like, what made you, and this is a good segue to get into your career, but what made you think of research? You know, it's funny. Um, I had a friend actually talk to me about research because I really didn't know that nurses could do research. Had no idea. And I think a lot of nurses don't know that this is an opportunity. They often think, well, do I have to have my master's? Do I have to be, you know, have my PhD? And no, you know, but um, I got in from a friend, I was curious. She said, oh, you'll be great. You know, you have to coordinate patient care. You're great with patients. I'm like, oh, okay. And at the time I was a procedure nurse in the EP lab. And um, so I transitioned to doing cardiology studies and um, it just grew from there. You know, I learned a lot. I made a lot of mistakes, but I grew a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what do you think, like, what do you think w- the challenge is for other RNs and BSNs to consider research? Because there's a shortage of CRAs. There's a shortage of coordinators. I mean, there's a shortage of qualified professionals. And in my opinion, no one's more qualified to be a CRA or a CRC than an RN BSN. I mean, those are the best. You want to talk about the best monitors. I always say the best monitors are former coordinators. But I also think the best monitors are RNBSN because you can't get anything past them as a site. 
<laughs> you're not fooling them with con meds or anything. AEs, you're not fooling an RNBSM. What do you think about this? We're definitely going to be asking questions. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, um, I think for nurses, it's because I had a I had a hard time transitioning from going from like the three twelves to every day. You know, you have a lot of flexibility in nursing. You know, if you're a mom, you you know you work three days and have four days off. Uh-huh. Well, you know, that's not like that in research. And also, too, it's a lot of paperwork. You know, you have to have a special. You got to you got to love being able to dig in records and going through things. And you got to you got to be able to like that, you know. And so the challenge is. It's just that transition, I think, for nursing. For nurses. What you know. about the discovery, though? Um, I mean, what can we do better? Maybe it's having more groups like Black women in research or Latinos in research. What do you think about, like, just informal networking? This is supposed to be what SOCRA and ACRP were designed to do, you know, and they've evolved into huge organizations. But I think there's power in small and grassroots. Yes. So what do you think well, of, like, the awareness issue? the awareness issue what can you explain what do you mean yeah like nurses i mean i know it's medical and i know nurses know what research is but i don't think many nurses are aware that they can have a career out of this right that is true that is true and i think they don't know what research is like what do I do you know like I talked to so many nurses last year you know that were thinking about coming off the floor you know and they're Mm -hmm. like what's the day look like what you know how can I transfer my nursing skills to research that's another thing you know am I sticking patients am I collecting blood you can do all that you know Mm -hmm. you um nurses are advocates for patients you're doing that in research as a coordinator, you know, you're making sure, you know, they're getting what they need, you know, you're coordinating care. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I oftentimes tell them that your skills at the bedside, which you, your, your skills often transfer over to research in a huge way. RNs, BSNs, like that's more evident than any other background. I tell all the, anyone who joins CRA Academy, that's RNBSN. I say, look, I don't tell any of our students this except RNBSNs. You will get hired uh, within three months of <laughs> our course. Because once you throw in just a little bit of experience on top of it, they know that they yeah. don't have to teach you medical terminology. You're going right. to learn the protocols quickly. All you got to learn is the basics. And if you take a course and you learn that and you demonstrate even through an internship, it's like this. We've seen it happen over and over and over again. That's true. That's true. I agree. And I'm very but excited I'm for you. Yeah, I, no, you got to always be learning. I mean, this always learning. <laughs> and then Clubhouse, you know, for networking, Clubhouse has been amazing. Uh, thank you for putting me onto it. I think the opportunity to network, and I'm very excited about your career because you have coordinating background, which I've said, and sponsors and CROs would agree with me, make very good CRAs. And you have RNBSN. 
which also makes very good series. You have both of those together. And you've just discovered the uh, art of the side gig. So I'm very excited for you, Michelle, because I feel like you just took the uh, red pill in Matrix. I don't know which one was the good one where you're aware, become aware. But I feel like that's what's happening with you and a lot of other people right now with social media. And really, social networks have hit their prime. And, you know, you could use it to waste time, but you can use it for productive things like you're doing. And you're starting to see the benefits, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, And let me add, like, not just be on these social networking platforms, but actually reaching out. It's all about relationships, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you got to build relationships in healthcare research. It's especially in research. It's all about relationships. You know, you may work with somebody um, that works at a um, company, you know, you may work with them last year and you're like, okay, we won't probably cross paths again. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Am I right, Dan? You You're absolutely right. They may be a monitor at this, you know, company. And next thing you know, <laughs> you transfer and they're a monitor at the, you know, uh, uh, research that you're doing. So, you know. <laughs> I'm it's, laughing it's, because just yesterday, <laughs> I saw a former CRA. I'm not going to mention her name. I didn't have a personally didn't have a problem with her, but she used to back in the day, like, oh, eight, uh, monitor one of my sites. And she and my coordinator did not mesh well from day one. So I was often in the middle, you know, and of course, I'm going to side with my CRC, but I was trying to always be peacemaker. And I just looked on LinkedIn yesterday and I see she's become like a clubhouse influencer. So it's, and guess where I'm trying to be all the time. I doubt she remembers me. Maybe she'll remember my, like, remember my last name, but she definitely is going to know the coordinator. So that just goes to show you what you just said, Michelle, it's a small industry but it, it at the same time, it's big because it, it's very lucrative. There's a lot of money flowing through it. There's a lot of opportunities, it but it's small. Like it's, there's a shortage of people and who is a CRC one day may become like uh, somebody like director level at a biotech. I mean, right. In a, in a decade or less. Right. And I think this decade, we're going to see that even shorter time frame. So chips people yeah <laughs> don't burn your bridges you don't know? burn them i got close <laughs> but i didn't burn that one uh but my coordinator did <laughs> and i still deal with that coordinator i'm i was actually gonna screenshot and send it to her <laughs> i might do that after this interview but That's my coordinator funny. doesn't care about clubhouse so i don't think it matters <laughs> <laughs> oh god but you know i often tell coordinators like we had we just hired a new coordinator and I tell her your the monitor is not your enemy right Mm -hmm. they're there to help you you're there working together so if you can develop a good relationship with your monitor you know and not see it as a negative but see it as 
they're there to help you get this study together, mm-hmm. make things smooth running. Um, you'll be better off. You'll be better Absolutely off. right. Excellent yeah. advice. And I think the opposite side of that coin is true. If you're monitoring, and I know things are stressful, and I know sponsors are giving you unrealistic demands, and <laughs> it's easy to take out your frustration on a coordinator, but yeah. do you know how many monitors from the past who monitored me and 80% were great and didn't have any issues. But do you know how many of those reached out to me later and said, Hey, you know what? Are you guys hiring? I'm looking to transition out of monitoring and become like a Mm -hmm. consultant for sites. So vice versa is true. Like if you're a monitor, I know it's easy to unload your frustrations on a coordinator, but don't because you might need them at some point later on down the road. That's true. That is so true. That's so, like I said, relationships. That's all. That's what it's all about. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this side gig, I think there's going to be something here and there will come a point, especially someone like you. I mean, what are your goals for the future? Cause I've noticed um, you're right at that stage too. Six years at the UAB. Like what are what are your personal goals uh if you want to share any as far as your research progression i would um i want to get certified become a clinical research professional so okay professional mm -hmm. definitely want to do that and maybe long term become like a project manager i really really like working with people I like getting the team together and saying okay this is what we got to do because right now my present job I have to deal with so many departments because we do bone marrow transplants gene therapy for sickle cell patients so I love having to collaborate with people to get things done for the sake of the patient for the subject so it and when you get it all together, it, it's a beautiful thing. Wow, <laughs> yeah, gene therapies interest me. I gotta show you guys. I'm gonna pull up my audible while we talk. But uh <laughs> this book I just downloaded, The Code Breaker by uh Walter Isaacson. It just came out today. It's about the lady who founded uh CRISPR, CRISPR Therapeutics. Oh, and okay. It's like the biography of her and her journey. And I'm fascinated by CRISPR myself, like the technology. My dad first put me onto it. And you know, when your parents tell you something, you listen, but you don't really pay attention. But then (laughs) somebody else told me too, another doctor. And I was like, okay, there's something here. So I started looking into it, CRISPR. And then I I stumbled into uh, Kathy Wood, who's like the investor. She's like the millennial Warren Buffett for, and she's a huge fan of gene therapy. So I'm like, all of a sudden, super interested in gene therapy, CRISPR. I know you can't talk about specifics with what you're doing, but I think that's amazing place. You have the perfect storm of things lining up for you, Michelle. I'm even more excited about your career now. I want to be your agent. Can I be your agent? <laughs> just, just be there for me. I might need a mentor, Dan. So okay, you know. <laughs> okay. I'll take that. I'll take My that. Sounding board. <laughs> you've got. The experience now, I mean, this is what the next decade is going to be all about, gene therapy, right? I mean, I think that's going to be a huge part of the next decade. Well, I'm, I, I have a really passionate uh, PI. Shout out to, I'm a, 
Dr. Julie Cantor. She's well known in the sickle cell community. Hmm. So learning a lot from her. She's very passionate, very driven. And um, when you are working with a PI like that, you know, you got to step your game up. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to step your game up. But it's good, you know, and um, she's a great teacher and just doing great things. So wow. um, keep your eye out for her because uh, oh, yeah. like she's, she's doing great things. She's, it's awesome. Is We're she excited. on LinkedIn? I might need to connect. You know what? I don't know. I okay. don't know. Those Is key opinion no. leaders are tough to get a hold of online. They're the ones that don't need social media because they already <laughs> have the sponsors coming right to them. They don't need LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, it's she, just us other people that need us normal people need LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. You have like the perfect storm of things lining up to for your next phase of your career. You're going to do whatever you want to do. And in, in my oh. opinion. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we're going to talk offline about that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even aware that you're doing gene therapy now and I probably could guess which sponsor you're working with because sickle cell. I could be wrong, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I got it right. Uh, <laughs> so what do you do? How do you do your day job? Like what, what is a typical day for you as a coordinator at a big academic, uh, research? Well, well, for the studies that I have now. So, um, when I was in cardiology, a typical day, I did a lot of recruiting. I worked with the PI, I did a lot of recruiting for a lot of those studies. So okay. screening, you know, and then if we saw a potential patient that, fit the criteria, we will go talk to, I will go talk with them in clinic to see if they were interested in the study. And then from that point, scheduling, you know, screening visits and labs and talking to the PI. But in sickle cell, um, it's a lot of data. So mm -hmm. the PI, like I said, she's very driven. She basically knows who she wants to be put in these studies. So she does all the screening and the con um, consenting. And then what I do is, you know, coordinate screening visits, labs. Um, I've never processed my own labs, but now I do. Oh, so now you do. <laughs> so you got IATA, IATA certified. I got IATA. So I need to add that on my profile. Yes. Yeah. So um, you're a true generalist at this point. I was, I was a little intimidated, you know, because I got spoiled when I was in cardiology. I just have to drop the labs off. But now, you know, I can spin some labs and, you know, pipe that. Literally doing that. everything, a like literally all, everything a coordinator can do, you're doing. And, and you know what? It's, it's good. It keeps me from getting stagnant, right? Like, yep. I don't like to be stagnant. So, yep. um, so getting going through the screening process conmed logs for these patients are whew, a lot um data management you know staying on top of um the data for these patients is a lot actually um the monitor i have a monitoring visit like every six weeks okay yeah sounds like That's me good. i monitor uh amc a large one also for a cancer study and i'm supposed to go well now i go virtually but uh every six weeks yeah so staying on top of that how's that working and for you guys are you over there in alabama you guys uh, open like patients coming in or you're doing like virtual monitor patient visit how's that working we um our patients come in 
but the monitors are not allowed on site. So oh, they're not. Okay. It's all virtual. Okay. It's all virtual. So, and that's a lot, Dan. Yeah. That has its own challenges. You've got to scan it. Who's scanning all the documents? Is that you? <laughs> so you're literally doing everything. You guys use probably like a box. What do they call that thing? Red box or red cap? Oh, box. I don't no, know. We have, we have box. Okay. So yes, 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 yes. So very interesting. Yeah, I prefer, I mean, we did an informal poll through Latinos in Clinical Research. I'll do another one on the Zoom meeting today. Hopefully you can join if you have time at a, it'll be what, your central time? That'll yes. Or for your time. Um, okay. You can, but I'm going to do an informal poll again during the Latinos in Research uh, Zoom call. But like 80% and there were sites and CRAs prefer in-person monitoring visits. Oh, I do too. Yeah. So I think we missed that. I think <laughs> virtual visits is something that looks great on paper. Um, it's kind of like socialism, not to get too political, but socialism looks great on paper until you realize that it's actually capitalism for the ones who are in power. And then you realize, okay, this is not a, this is not working like it does on paper. And same thing with, I think, virtual monitoring. Like it sounds yeah. great but it opens up other problems that you weren't even aware of before. So that you're right. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that because you're in the day to day with this kind of stuff. And, and it just, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time versus, you know, when the monitor comes on site, I feel like, you know, they know what they want to look at. You're there to answer any questions. I think they can just get it done. But when it's done virtually, it, it literally it's it's more work more time mm-hmm. good thing is though i've really gotten to really gotten to uh know my monitor better i feel like we're best friends. Oh, better now yeah 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 i'd like mm-hmm. we call she has my cell phone i have her cell phone so we're like wow. bfs you don't yeah. think that would have happened like in person i don't think so I don't think so. I mean, I think I think we would have still had a good working relationship, but now that we have, because we're communicating more, right? Interesting. Okay. So I think it 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 could. I try to look at the positives. So yeah. Although virtual monitoring is more work, I think it builds better relationships for the coordinator and the and the monitor. Yeah. Just my experience. No, that we need we need your experience. We need more experiences like that. So I guess as we wrap up, because I know you gotta go, Michelle. But thank you for your time on this impromptu interview. You know, uh, (laughs) what are your thoughts on gene therapy? Just so far, like from your, you have like a year of doing it now, as of the time of this recording. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts on it? Are you optimistic about this? Or I know we're just at the beginning of it. I am very optimistic and very excited, especially for this patient population. But I think gene therapy is definitely going to be the wave of the future. Um, You know, I can see it in cardiology and other RA, autoimmune disorders. Mm -hmm. I think it's here to stay. It's going to just boom. So Mm -hmm. 
free investment advice from uh, Michelle. Oh God. <laughs> Arca G for anyone interested, but the book, the book is also good. I'm going to listen to it uh, starting tomorrow, but uh, Are I you appreciate gonna post it. That? Are yeah, gonna I'm going to post, I'll post the, um, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to put it on my Patreon, but I'm going to make a video for okay. YouTube about uh, CRISPR um, okay. because I did a video on a, like a bunch of the stocks that I think people may benefit from uh, over the next decade. And when you take the sponsors out of it, this we go off tangent, but that's good for podcast. When you take the sponsors out of the equation, if you're just an investor, okay, and look, guys, I'm going to do a separate podcast on this topic because with opportunities, with more opportunities, is going to come more income. It's just how it happens. Right. You've got to put take some of this income and transfer it into wealth somehow. Yeah. I'm not telling true. you what to invest in, but I we're in a boom decade. But when you take the sponsors out of the equation, because investing in sponsors is kind of risky. Because you're depending on the FDA approving or not. So it's risky. But you can make a lot of money too, but it's risky. I think the low-risk way to take advantage of, re- of research you know, for the next decade is going to be investing in the CROs, like all of them. Mm-hmm. All of Ikevia, Cineos, PPD, and then the new um, Icon P- PRA. The cheapest one as of the time of this recording is Cineos by far. Oh, wow. And you can't tell me that they're that much less innovative than, you know, let's say Ikevia, which is the most expensive. I mean, they're basically doing the same thing. You know, just one has more market share than the other. But does that reflect the P.E. ratio? It doesn't. So the CROs and then like the tech companies. Like uh, the big one is Viva, right? V-E-E-V is the symbol. And then I throw in some of these um, CRISPR-related, gene therapy-related companies. There's one called Pacific Biosciences. They don't do, uh, they're not involved in clinical trials as a sponsor, but they're involved Mm -hmm. as a vendor. So they sell the equipment that analyzes the genomes. Oh, wow. And then you have CRISPR itself, right? Which, yes, that's probably the closest thing to being a sponsor, but they also can sell and license their technology to other sponsors because in the case of CRISPR, they partner with Vertex Pharma. So those are the like risk-free ways to invest in research, in my opinion, but not financial advice. And uh, just uh, stay tuned to the videos. But yeah, to answer your question, long story, I will do a video on CRISPR after I read this book. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Dan. I got to go, but thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Michelle. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'll be talking to you. We definitely will. We definitely will. Thank you, guys. And Michelle's LinkedIn is underneath the bio, so go network with her. And I really appreciate your time, Michelle. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye.